Eshan, okay. we talk we talk a lot about the GOAT Ray J on the TFW podcast. We bring him up a lot. On a fateful day in 2011, I believe it was, Ray J had a little bit too many uh, illegal substances probably in his body. And he caught up to the Breakfast Club. He was talking about Fabulous. Fabulous has said some things about Ray J. Eshan, what did Ray J demand for Fabulous to do? Apology. He wants you to apologize to the Breakfast Club. And I think on this beautiful day, October 18th, 2023, we got somebody on this podcast that needs to apologize. Rhodesia, I told you on the last pod at the end, I know how to do my job, okay? I I talked about the socials, we did all that, and you berated me up and down that I did not do that. Ray J, I mean Rhodesia, I need you to go ahead and apologize to the TFW pod for wasting the time of the listeners, of the viewers, and we, we will make sure that does not happen again. I wanted to really apologize to the Breakfast Club, but I said I was going to come on the air and start it with an apology. But you talking about berating, you just berated me calling me a drug-induced person. <laughs> like, what? Well, you mean you were on drugs well, a few weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, one show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah remember? And you even said it yourself. I think you said yeah. you was on it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, on it. Oh, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. Everybody, I apologize. I said Matt did not plug our socials in the beginning of the intro of our last pod. He said in the chat, don't don't treat me like that or something crazy like that. I know what I'm doing. Mind your business. Just mind your business. That's what he just said to me. So I apologize to the Breakfast Club for saying that Matt did not plug our socials. So with that being said, can you plug it now so I won't question you again? I will, but I'll also say, anybody who's listening, that may be the first time you've ever heard a female apologize. Take it in, oh, record God. this, keep it on the loop. <laughs> I don't know the next time Rhodesia's ever going to apologize again. You guys may not ever hear another female apologize, but that just means we got a good one on the team. But once again, so, once again, appreciate you for that. I do apologize when I'm wrong. But please believe you know, I didn't did. go back and listen to that pod. And I'm like, wait, right, let me okay. hear exactly right. where you mentioned all the pods. I mean, all the socials. Did you give it all right? I was ready for you to mess up on something so I can come back. All right, Eshan, I got to ask you. Got to ask you. All right, and we'll get off this very, very soon. Or maybe not. This may be the whole damn show. <laughs> so Rhodesia says that, like, she apologizes, like, when she's wrong about something. But in your Always. opinion. Always. In your opinion, Eshan, if you, of course, dealing with females your whole entire life, do they apologize the same way? They complain or they swear they were right for like 15, 20 minutes or maybe days. And then they finally figure out they are wrong. And then they just hit you with the, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. It's like, no, you got to come with that same energy you came with for all that time where you told me I was wrong. And then you just kind of throw out of my bad and we think we good to keep it going. Do you see that also, sir? Oh, I live with that every day, sir. Every day. See that? It's just uh, I get all this energy, all this energy, right? And then when we find out we mistaken, it's oh, <laughs> that's it, oh. that's it. <laughs> well, because usually women are always right. So if you just look at the odds of the right, I'm more than not, I'm right. So there we go. And we usually that's are always the problem right. right there. That's the problem right there. This these, this role reversal. These women they think is a empower <laughs> these women. You know if y'all. <laughs> That's right. If y'all stayed in the kitchen, cooking and cleaning like y'all was supposed oh, to, taking care of the he's kids. Going the, he's going with the barefoot. No, that's see, that's a little rough. That's a little. I'm saying rough. what it is. When that's with the way of the world, the plate, the world was a better place. Get back in the kitchen. Get you back gotta, the, you gotta say you capping. Ha <laughs> ha. Call back from last episode. You gotta say you capping. No, I'm, I'm you scared. gotta say you capping. No, okay. Don't worry. I'm gonna cut this and I'm gonna send this to your wife. And I'm going to say, listen to what you listen to. He's going to be apologizing to the Breakfast Club next episode. How about that? She knows I'm a very transparent (laughs) individual. Okay. I told her I need to see more apron and less less talking. (laughs) Jesus. Listen, I hope hope the listeners don't really believe this. That's hilarious. And on that note, let's get to uh, to the episode. We're on episode 75. We may not be around for 76, depending on. I will. (laughs) It'll be just you doing the show. And lying, right? Me and lying. We got got completely canceled. TFW Podcast, that's freaking wrestling. I am your host, Matt, joined by my co-host, Eshan and Rhodesia. 
Rhodesia wants me to plug the social, so I'll plug them right now. YouTube, that's freaking wrestling. Instagram, X, that's F and W. There you go, Rhodesia. Okay, there you, you go. Um, typically, when like there's a loss in the wrestling community, we start by you know giving our thoughts and prayers and rest in peace. And even though nobody died, I guess we do got to say rest in peace to Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso as a tag team. Ten days as champ. Psst. And then they drop it again at Judgment Day. Thoughts? And not thoughts and prayers, but just thoughts on... I didn't see it coming at all. I mean, I didn't give it much thought, to be completely honest. I was just like, okay, this is the next step in the story. I didn't think they would drop the titles, though, with only having it for 10 days. But what did you guys think uh, for the, with that main event of Raw on Monday? Man, that dirty gym? Mm. Yeah. Uso, man. Like, he just looked like a shady brother, too, bro. That look he had on his face, he came through out of nowhere with that super kick out of nowhere. And he just looked shady, man. I mean, I wonder how much heat did he have, does he have with his audience? Because he probably, they probably achieved what they were looking for. It's got to be a lot. It's got to be a lot. And I wonder, too, so, like, are you guys fully back on board yet with their story? We we were kind of all like, all right, we got to play a wait and see on this because after SummerSlam, it didn't make sense. And then we were talking like, all right, it's taking Jimmy's story a long time to get going on SmackDown, even though Jay was kind of doing his thing. And now we see that they're, of course, I guess, intertwining the stories again just really, really quick. Are we back completely on board with the Uso story? I think we have to see this Friday after we see Roman again. I'm ready to be fully back on board. So we just got to see what happens there. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm invested to see where it goes. Um, I think the shows have been really good lately, uh, very enjoyable. So I am fully invested to kind of sit back, take my Booker hat off, mm -hmm. and just watch what unravels in front of me. I was wondering, I too, when, after the press conference, after Fastlane, I was wondering if H was like, you know what, we can't have these drunks as champs. <laughs> And that's probably why this is a retaliation. <laughs> he made him if they didn't put the full video up on YouTube to, <laughs> to garner more eyes on it, I would say maybe so. But when that full video went up, I was like, all right, well, they were good with uh, them acting the way they were acting. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I didn't, I didn't see it coming at all. And I'm hoping that now, like they, they don't wait until April for their one-on-one -on -one match at Mania because they? I didn't, they? Yeah, I didn't think we would get to that point already. The Usos. Okay, I didn't think okay. we would see Jay cost Jimmy. Actually, I didn't. I didn't think we would see any interaction until like close to Mania season. But here we are. So titles are off of Cody and Jay now. We got Sammy kind of involved. I still think this leads to War Games at Survivor Series. But now that the titles are back on Judgment Day, what do you guys want to see next from Judgment Day? I'm I'm good. I'm 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 just watching right now, to be honest with you. You know, but I was thinking about Judgment Day, and we talked about like the faction list, like where they rank. Mm -hmm. They're a very interesting faction because typically, let's say you talk about the Horsemen, right? Ric Flair was the world champion. Then you had your tag team champions. Then you had your secondary champion, right? You got Finn and Damian as your tag team champions. Like Dominic is an NXT secondary champion, right? Not even on the, the primary brand. And then the uncrowned leader of the of the group, Rhea, is the women's world champion, which is the top dog of that division. So it's kind of a bit of a role reversal, a little bit, because you got a woman who's actually leading men in the faction. Because women are usually right. So that's why. They they know who the real no, leader is. It's just mommy. So I think that in my mind, I feel, and maybe y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. What was the point of them dropping the titles to begin with? Did anything advance at all? Well, we had a quick, good moment, feel good moment with Cody and Jay teaming together. So now we know he has some camaraderie between somebody in the locker room. Like to me, I felt like them, the Judgment Day dropping their titles did nothing for the progression of anybody's story. So for me, I feel like it's a little bit of lazy writing or booking. Am I off base? You can look at it that way, or you can look at it, and maybe I'm giving them too much credit on this. Or you can look at it and say it was genius, because that was the way to get Cody 
and Jay on the SmackDown this past Friday. They're okay. the champs, so they can jump from show to show. And I guess so. Maybe... What you were able to do was you, you were able to get an interaction between Jimmy and Jay. You were able to get the interaction between Cody and Roman. You were able then to ensure that Sammy has a stake in the game because KO's gone to SmackDown and the whole thing of I was tag champs and now I'm no longer tag champs and you're now tag champs with Cody. I mean, we saw how that played out on Raw, but that could be the reason why. And that's the reason why I'm good with it. So I thought about that too when it first happened, like, damn, that felt like a waste. And I was like, well, no, because if you stick to what you're supposed to and there was a draft, et cetera, et cetera, we wouldn't have got them on SmackDown this past Friday. Sammy wouldn't have had that kind of uh, fill-in toward Jay being a champion because that was where Sammy's kind of issue was with Jay throughout the story thread until they kind of aced it up toward the end of the of the show. But it was like, dude, like my, my, my best friend is gone that I was champions with and you're standing here as a champ. So you don't get any of that. And and you got Jimmy was able to interfere in the match too. So now that was mm-hmm. a, a little seed they can plant now to for the two of them, the Usos to go after each other. Okay, that sounds a lot better saying that out loud. Yep, I agree. So then, um, so we got that. We'll see where that plays itself out. Probably one of the more exciting things for me from Raw Monday was this Drew McIntyre. This Drew McIntyre ain't, 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 he ain't for the shits. This Drew McIntyre is going to tell you what he thinks about you and how he feels. And, oh, I would like to say again, and yes, Seth Rollins is extremely popular. Seth Rollins is not as big or not as over as his theme song. Exhibit A was Monday night when he started getting what chance? Cody ain't had one what chance. They do the woe for Cody, but he's over as a person. And like I said, Seth is over too, but not to the way they sing his song. But I digress. We've, we've been down that road. But I was just like, yep, exhibit A again. Uh, but for Drew to kind of tell Seth where he was coming from and then to give um, Sammy the business backstage, like, hey, man, these are real champs. Like, you don't know about <laughs> this yet. I, th- I thought it was great. What do you guys think about uh, before we get to the full hill turn, what do you what do you think about the character that Drew is right now? I think it's really good. I'm really invested in Drew. Like I've I've been a, a big Drew guy for a long time, so I'm invested in anything he does. Um, and you look on, we're gonna get to. I want to break down the raw roster real quick. Um, but we'll do it in a, in a moment. Um, but they're kind of light on the heel top side. You got the Judgment mm-hmm. Day. But the two guys are in the tag team, and Dominic is kind of secondary. So they need kind of another big heel character in that show. So hopefully he can fill that role. I'm happy with Drew's showing right now. I think he has a lot of a lot of potential, that P word there. I actually wanted to mention something about his interaction with Seth. And I want to bring it to Seth for just a quick moment, if I may. Do y'all feel like Seth is cashing it in? And what I mean by that is he has the look, he has the outfits, he comes out, they sing his glorious music, da 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 da. But he just feels like he's kind of like a shell, like it's empty inside. I kind of had this feeling kind of with Becky before she went over to NXT. Do y'all feel like Seth is just there? He's doing everything that he's supposed to do, but just that that thing you can't see that you can feel is just not there. You know, I wonder. I wonder, is it different because uh, this character is originally supposed to be a heel, right? It's supposed to be kind of be like a Joker. So now he's kind of playing uh, that character kind of dumbed down a little bit to kind of make it palatable for, for a baby face. So I wonder if that's some of it, right? Because that being a dastard, dastardly, evil, maniacal character was a big foundation of being the Joker, right? And he mm-hmm. can't necessarily do that as, as a baby face, as a good guy. So I wonder if that's some of it. Because I definitely feel like Becky right now. I feel like Becky's coasting. Like, Even I, I, now? I, I Even definitely right now? Feel, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I she's feel, picked it like, back up. Like, uh, I mean, I, I haven't... I haven't I, I, when she's on my TV, I kind of tune her out a little bit. But a couple weeks ago, when she was on NXT and she was rapping, I was like, all right, I had enough. Man, you got to let that go. You got to <laughs> let that go, man. All right? Hey, I'm not talking about the matches. I'm talking about her promo, her promo work. Her matches have been phenomenal, but them matches be kind. Of, I mean, them promos be kind of be kind of herky jerky for me though. What you think? Of I that? felt like I felt like maybe she was 
well, we we talked about it during the Trish feud. It something wasn't right, but I think she's been great since. I, I think you actually can see the fire. But the thing with, with Seth, I go back to the Shinsuke feud. I do. And for your big faces, you gotta have monster heels or you gotta have them in an intriguing story to continue that investment. And like all three of us are Shinsuke fans, but none of us thought Shinsuke was beaten Seth. And that was for two months. So we went through that for eight plus weeks or whatever it was. And now you now we get to, to the Drew. And I thought that I thought their interaction was really, really good. But I think that's, that's kind of what you're feeling. I don't think he's mailing it in per se, but I think maybe you've lost a little bit of like investment in him. Sure, I can see that. And and I in that I've been feeling that way for a little bit. Um, mainly because how people sing his song and it's it, they go on forever so he's definitely over for that or the song is definitely over for that and sometimes it gets on my nerves a little bit maybe not that much and it made me start thinking about this like wow is it really just his music or maybe the fans want to be over so they're putting themselves over because they're singing more than actual the investment of Seth and then seeing how Drew I thought Drew kind of ate him up so it kind of just all put that together made me have that thought like is Seth Melody or is he in a lot of pain is like the, the shoot pain um, and this is the best that he can put on his his Disney World face, as we call it. Um, no, I, I think I think we're done with that backstory. How much I will in a bet, we really won't hear about his back again. Anytime soon. They brought it yep. up. That was a storyline vehicle. Yep. That that was the only thing they could attach to, and it was cool. But that was what they could attach to to make it seem like Shin had a chance against mm-hmm. him. And now that's over. Well, it looks like too with, with Shinsuke. I was a little worried for Shinsuke when I'm like, okay, well, when Seth came out last Monday and really didn't show any worse for wear. I'm like, okay, that's not a way to protect what should be your top heel on the brand. Cause he just fought for the championship and they had that hell of a last man standing match when he came out still kind of, you know, he act like he was hurting a little bit, but he was still the normal Seth. I was like, Ooh, that may not be good for Shinsuke. But we saw on Monday had another video package, him and uh, Ricochet had a really good match. So they're still, they look like they still got plans for him, which is a good thing. And so any feelings? I mean, I was happy that Nakamura went over. Any feelings with um, Ricochet not winning again? I think that's, mm. his, that's where he is. I think he's uh, I think he's one of those those baby faces that, you know, gives a good match and puts on a couple of good spots, but ultimately he's going to lose. I don't think he's positioned in a way that's going to make him feel like he's going to be he's a winner. I think I would have if I didn't watch the match. Okay. And when I say that is because they highlighted he had the one flip off the Titantron. That was a highlighted moment. Of course, he had the, the huge dive in the crowd, which was another moment. If he, so say if he didn't have those two moments, I'd be like, damn, they don't have plans for him or sums off. But when I saw that, and then, of course, he went through the table. So he had, he had a lot of highlights. So maybe okay. to East Point, this is going to turn into a, I don't think he's going to be a lovable loser. I think that's where Johnny Gargano is right now, this moment until yeah. him and yeah. man, because that that's one. Like, all right, he's mm-hmm. back and, and then he loses with that trash ass theme song. They gotta get him the old rebel heart. I'm I'm banging that drum the same way I I banged the drum of where's Warlow? I we gotta bang that drum of we need Rebel Heart back. It, it ain't the same. Mm-hmm. It it ain't the same without it. But yeah, but I, I think that they have plans for Ricochet just through the way we saw kind of those spots in the match. Hey, real quick um, about Ricochet. You know, Ricochet and his uh, lovely fiance Samantha were on the bump a couple weeks ago, and we saw the video clip uh, where I think Carmelo had run in, had a question about um, Ricochet being bald. Yeah, and then Samantha cut a whole promo on him. I don't know that so much. She... I heard about bald people, but what happened? Well, there was a this was a couple years ago. Um, you you probably didn't see the video, um, but. I think, you know, Ricochet was doing some kind of like live yeah. um, interacting with his fans and somebody wrote in or texted in like, why you bald? And Ricochet <laughs> kind of went in on the guy like, why you bald? Why you think? Why you why ugly? You why you ugly? <laughs> <laughs> like, why you, why, you, why you bald? He was so irritated, right? So Carmelo <laughs> brought that back up on the bump. So, Samantha, you know, so, so, you know, Samantha, she, you know, she went and cut a promo on him and she did a pretty good job. Nice. Like being kind of like you don't know, talk about her man defending him, talk about he had a body of a body of a Greek god, and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, man, that's kind of what Ricochet needs. He need like a mouthpiece, mm. right? Like, what if he if he turned heel, got a mouthpiece, 
right? Almost kind of like, you know, a la HBK and Sensational Sherry. This like, like a Samantha type to kind of just flaunt over how good he is. Talk, talk him up. And all Ricochet has to do is just go in the ring, right? Bring the aggression, you know, show like a different dimension to his character. I thought that was kind of interesting when I saw them talk. I, I Shout like out that. to Samantha, though, for putting on for the ball, guys. For sure. Appreciate you and love you, Samantha. And that makes sense because we I, ball because we want to be ball. You know I, what I'm rem- saying? I remember somebody on the Twitter to your Twitter, Matt. They were like, why you bald? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where, that's where it's from. Yep. Why you bald? Why you but bald? a couple quick things on, uh, on, on Raw. When I was watching it, this, I was like, this is definitely a triple A show. Like the pacing of the show. Um, he seemed like a very yeah he is definitely bald. Why <laughs> right, he's a he's a bald asshole. Uh, let Tony Khan. <laughs> Let's go, TK. <laughs> go into it, right? We ain't talk about that. We we're not gonna bring him up now because it's, it's too late. But TK went hard in them tweets <laughs> last week. He called him and shine bald assholes like he was going in. Hopefully he's better now. Yeah, they he, said like he, the locker room was not feeling those tweets. Oh. So hey, yeah. somebody said so. I know we said we want to talk about it, but somebody said that. The reason why he was doing that is because there was analytics done that when he re, uh, interacts with the, the fan base in that way, it creates engagement for his product. Well, yeah, well, I guess. I don't know. Because what they said was he did that. And then the tweet right after that was the tweet announcing Penta and Jay White for Dynamite. And I guess that tweet allegedly, like, to your point, was like so much higher in engagement than the other ones. There's still like there's right and wrong ways. And I don't care. I'm not any, I'm not like these people who are just like, oh, that's crossing the line. No, like it's not crossing the line. That's what he wants to do. Personally, for me, like, I don't like get galvanized by that. I don't think it's probably the smartest thing to do overall for your business because you're not endearing yourself to anybody who's not watching the product. And your fan base is going to stick through you through thick and thin. That's already there. Your hardcore fan base isn't going anywhere. So it's not even like you're feeding more to your fan base to get them to tune in more. They're already tuning in. Like you want other people to come in and watch. And I just don't know if anybody who doesn't watch AEW read any of those tweets, unless they completely hate Shawn Michaels or her triple H to be like, you know what? Or people. Yeah, man. Yeah. I hate ball people too. Let me tune in <laughs> on collision and see what's up. I just, I don't see that. Hey, based on that rating slaughter, um, it might have been the opposite. It might have been a Mick Foley type of deal. You know, when Eric Bischoff had told everybody in disgust that Mick Foley won the championship, you know, everybody turned over, oh, snap, Mick done won? Let's, let's go look at that. Like, right, because, yep. man, because the, he didn't get the engagement he was looking for. Um, but real quick, like, that definitely was a triple A show, right? You start, you saw Nikki Cross pop up in there. Mm-hmm. Tegan Knox is getting mic time. You're getting these long matches. Um, when you look at the show on Raw, they have a lot of nice foundational pieces. Like, look at that roster. You got Cody. You got Jay. You got Sammy. Hopefully, he can recapture some of the, uh, the, some of the magic he had going to his Roman Reigns match. You got the Judgment Day red hot. You got Gunther, um, one of, if not the best champion in all of wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of nice pieces on Raw. And then, you know, the previous week, we had a great SmackDown. We had a great NXT show. And you know what? I know I just got finished, you know, poking fun at AEW for that Dynamite show. But that was a really good show with a lot of really good matches on it. So it's a lot of really, really good wrestling on TV right now. But for me, time is a, is a luxury. Like I will pay money to get more time. Like I, I like I, I am a express line guy all day. Take me to Disney. I'm spending the extra whatever it is to get the fast pass. I got to. If you guys only had time to watch one show, Ooh. one show, right? We got Raw, we got SmackDown, we got NXT, we got Dynamite, we got. Uh, we got a uh, collision impact and got impact. We got SmackDown and then we got collision and rampage. Right. If you can watch one show, one show next week, I'm not talking about based on the history. I'm talking about next week. You have no idea what the builds are 
for these matches. You just going in as a fan, like, hey, I want to watch. I got time to watch one show. Mm-hmm. What would it be? Before today or before next week, I would have said Dynamite. Believe it or not, but because Roman's back, I have to go with SmackDown, and that's purely because of Roman. Yeah, he he makes it a show to me of all the wrestling. Like when Punk was on Collision, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. Collision is 1A now, or 1B, however you want to look at it. I think it's the same thing with um, SmackDown. My answer would be SmackDown, too. SmackDown, just they're just way too top-heavy for me to pick another show over that two hours. Even though if I can only watch one show, so I'm only watching like either two or three hours of wrestling for a week, I would then probably be like, man, I should watch Raw because it gives me three hours. But just history and not including what's been advertised for next week, it would be SmackDown. You know, I thought long and hard about that too. And definitely for SmackDown, it would be for me because I actually enjoy all the WWE shows. Uh, I think they're very, very enjoyable, easy to watch. But with SmackDown, and this is one of the things that um, I think one of our um, listeners and friends uh, said about AEW, you get that, you never know what can happen type feel. Mm-hmm. You, you can kind of get that on SmackDown, right? You never know if Rock is going to pop up again. You know, you never know if next time Pat's going to pop up. Like, right? right? So there's a lot of, they have a lot of things they can kind of pull out of nowhere on a, on a Friday night that's really going to drive that show. And the Roman factor plays dividends, right? We got to see what he's doing. He just, he's been gone for like six months, right? We got to see what he's doing to get us into Mania season. So for me, it definitely would be SmackDown in the midst of all the great TV we have. All right, so then what's your second? So now you can only watch two shows. You know what? So, you know, I have a lot of these conversations in my mind a lot of times. Like, and so that's why when we get to the pies, I mentioned before, I'm always usually done with the conversation. I move past. I don't, I don't like to do things over. And for me, sometimes I already had a conversation with y'all sometimes. But you um, didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't. God dang it. I didn't have a conversation. So I was kind of torn between Raw and NXT. I was I was really torn because I think that NXT has been on a such an upward trajectory. And I like the idea of I love seeing new faces. Good faces. I don't like seeing like the 2.0 stuff when you know when they were just green, they couldn't wrestle, they couldn't talk. Yeah. I don't like that. But I love seeing new growing talent. I love seeing what they're gonna do next. I love cause I like seeing the potential, right? It's like it's like, it's like, it's like an NBA when you got that new uh, draft the, the top 10 draft picks. You want to see what they're going to do next, right? It's very exciting because it's new and it's fresh. And NXT is new and it's fresh because they have like veteran talent mixed in with that new talent coming up. So it's, I never know what I'm going to see, right? I might see a gem of a match out of Lola Vice, right? She might come in there and give me a, a promo that I've never knew she can cut, right? Or, you know, uh, the girl from Chase U. She might have one of the matches of the year, right? Out of nowhere, right? Because that's her trajectory. So you just never know on that show. But at the same time, Raw is a very consistent and enjoyable three hours of wrestling. But if I can only do one of the two, maybe NFC. And see, I'm still going to go with Dynamite for number two. I know you didn't ask me, but I'm going to give my two cents anyways. Just because I, I like AEW. I like the style of their matches. There's a lot left to... Um, be wanting from them like keep it getting it polished and bringing it together but we actually may not even see that now some of like the video and audio issues that has to get nipped in the bud we've been talking about this for now for years but just overall how they book their matches and how they run their shows this might just be them and that's okay I think because there's a lot of times where I kind of just want to watch that this week I don't want something else I don't want something super duper polished I want something a little bit more edgy Um, so for me Dynamite will be my number two yeah, my t- it, mine would have been tied between Dynamite and NXT. But it, it would be Dynamite. So it would be SmackDown first and then Dynamite second. Because then I'm getting the best of both worlds for the mm-hmm. most part. I'm getting mm-hmm. completely something outside of WWE and then I'm getting... Because SmackDown is the A-show. It will be interesting to see if it's still going to be the A-show next year when contracts go up and depending on where everybody lands and all that kind of stuff. But it is clear cut. I think the A show and has been since, I mean, since probably since they went to Fox, maybe. Is it crazy that Raw doesn't have a home yet? Official uh, home yet? The who? It's interesting. 
It's they interesting. Who? They're raw. They haven't signed oh. them in NXT. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that's probably more so Nick Khan's okay with that. I don't I don't think like they're rushing or I don't think he's like, oh, I thought we would have signed by now. I think they have a price. And evidently, maybe either they're not getting that price or they need to do something else to like add value so they can get that price. But it'd be interesting to see like if, if it comes out, did they get what they were looking for and did they land where they thought they would land? Yeah. But will we even get that information, honestly? We'll kind of know. I think if we if we find out that Raw and NXT is on Amazon, I'm going to say that probably wasn't their bet, their first choice. Yeah. The money may be there. The dollars, yeah. But I'm like, I don't know if they would just want to be on a strict platform yeah. like that. Yeah. So I think I think we'll be able to probably put some, you know, put one-to-one together to figure out. The last thing I had about uh, Raw was just Gunther. He, you, you brought up that he may be the best champion in all of wrestling right now. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody else that's better. And I was really looking forward to that match when they announced it a couple weeks ago. That's another way you know Vince is, like, not here either. I think they announced four <laughs> or five matches and segments to Raw before Raw. We already know, like, four things that's happening on SmackDown already. Like, there is no more of this. They're switching things up, you know, the same day of, of a show, which is awesome. But um, I was really looking forward to that match because I wanted to see Guther kind of work from underneath. You know, Bronson Reed is not going to be selling for you going through the way, you know, the other faces were and Bronson's not a face, but I thought that match was just awesome. It was just two big guys going at it. And once again, he beats him with a power bomb, but like it was a, it was a false finish to a splash off the top rope. I mean, I, I, I loved it. Like he's another one that they're going to have to just make sure that they continue to put hill heat on him because it's, it's going to be hard to boo that guy. And he's he continues undeniable. to keep doing what he's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he'll make a good baby face when the time comes? Yes, because can we think of any great heel in the history of wrestling that was not a great face? And I would say Gunther's a great heel. I think it's much easier to be a great heel than a great face. But yes. you know what, though? There's, there's nothing particularly memorable about him other than his demeanor, his style, and his injury work. That's a lot. Is it though? It is. I is think it? so. I think so. Like right, because because, I mean, because that's because that's why we like him. That's why we like him now. Like he's not getting that much heat. Like last night when the match was over, they clapped. Like the crowd like popped for him. Yeah. So if that's the case, right? And he's already uh, healed. That they've done nothing on television to present him to be likable. I know. I know what you're saying. Like he's not going to. It'd be hard pressed to hear a promo for him where like he galvanizes the fan base and you're just like, hell yeah, yeah I'm ready you take for it. You take away the mean hill, he's kind of boring. Mm. And then he'll then if you take that away from him, he'll kind of be, you know what? If he was a uh this was back in the eighties or in the seventies, he'd be like a perfect Nick Bachwinkle, Bruno San Bruno San San Martino. Okay, I can never say his name properly. That type of that that type of face. No nonsense. Straightforward wrestling baby face. I mean, he'd be perfect. So Brock Lesnar, not even Brock, Brock Lesnar, baby face. Not before this Brock, Brock Lesnar. Before yeah, before the cowboy Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Cause what was he before? I don't remember uh, a baby face Brock before this version of him. I don't remember one either. He was because no, yeah, I don't remember him being. And when he came back, he was a heel the entire time, right? And he had mm-hmm. Heyman as the mouthpiece. He lost Heyman and turned into like this. <laughs> like this jokey Brock. Yeah. Hmm. That's something about. I say though. how much I dislike Brock. Yes. Ever since he took the streak away. Okay. You don't understand. like anybody that's at the top of the business, really. You don't like. You don't like Cody. You don't yeah, like LA Knight. Don't like LA Knight. You hate LA Knight, actually. You didn't like Brock Lesnar. You don't like CM Punk. Yeah, you really don't like. But CM Punk's not part of the business that's... anymore. All right. You keep thinking that. He posting he posting some on his Instagram today with like uh Whatever. blood covered fist with the X on it. Anyways, because I think it was supposed to be like um straight holding. edge day. I'm still 
That's that's, that's, that's what yeah. Matthew told me today was straight edge day. But speaking about people no longer in the WWE, I do want to jump over to Rey Mysterio. Have the two of you got a chance to see him on Ariel Hawani's show? He said, "Mother's bitch." <laughs> he didn't say it like that. Shout out, shout out to Ray. Ray said, "Man, like my bump card is full. I got my son over. Y'all got about another eighteen to twenty-four months before I can wear my designer clothes and just." Dip All out the time. And just relax. Shout out to the legend Ray. Well, but anyway. I mean, he kind of said that, but he didn't say that. No, he didn't say all of that. He just said that originally he's, I think, 49 now. And he had said he wanted to retire at 50. Well, I guess retire again or stop wrestling at 50. Um, mm-hmm. But he had a little bit more. It's interesting watching that video, like the things that people with money do to their bodies. Like they have like this. I had to write this down. Uh, Bioaccelerator therapy. Like this is stuff like cold therapy, I guess, and stem cells that they do to make their body rejuvenated. That sounds pretty fun. I want to get to that. Did he say like how, like, is that like a monthly thing? Is that a yearly thing? What is that? The the bio accelerator he said he's doing now at least once a year. And again, this is stuff I know Mm. nothing about, but it's, he does like cold chambers and he even mentions like what LeBron James does to his body he's doing too. And since he's been doing that, he has like, like, whoa, this is, I feel a lot better now to wrestle past 50. That's awesome. I mean, think about Mm -hmm. that. He's about to be 50 years old. And he's still out there working. Like, we've never watched Ray. Honestly, we have not watched Ray and been like, all right, Ray, it may be time, dude. (laughs) He's about to be 50. Like, has there ever been somebody that old where we never said, all right, it could be about time? I don't think so. He's He's out there working singles matches, so he's not being protected by only doing tag matches like Sting. Right? I mean, granted, Sting is like 60 plus, uh, which is gonna be interesting to see what he's gonna say on dynamite they're saying he's yeah. addressing the fans i hope it's not something where like he's talking about retiring like asap because then i feel like you missed out on the moment that you could have done at all in and maybe i just i i thought that was the perfect moment if you were going to retire anytime soon so maybe it'd be like a bait and switch he'll act like he's gonna retire and maybe darby comes out who knows we'll see but uh i, I can't remember anybody at his age that still goes the way he does and you don't have to worry about protecting them in any way I know one person. Who? PCO. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, PCO, that's not... But PCO's gonna give you a bump. It's like, dude, you shouldn't be walking right now. Last and his, contract's, his contract's about to be up for Impact. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And they are saying that there is interest uh, outside of Impact. Nice. Well, good for him. Well, good for him if his body wants it. Like I said, when I saw him do that John Suicide Asita, when we saw him at Impact when he was in Chicago that one time, I was like, sir, you can't be bumping on a, on, on, on a ground like that. <laughs> it was a what? <laughs> the John Suicide Asita. <laughs> I mean, damn. All right, what about Ray, though? So Ray, Ray's so, retiring. Yeah, so I, let's just go with this 18 months, 24 months. Let's say a year and a half. What do y'all want to see in his final lap, his coming from third base to, to home plate? Where do y'all want this to go? What do you want to see from him um, in this final stretch? You know what? He's kind of like edge to me, man. I mean, he's kind of done it all. You know, he says he's retiring in another 18 months. Sounds about right. I mean, there's not much more he can accomplish. He's done it all in the business. Um and to answer your question, uh, uh, another 50-year-old who was actually performing at a high level, I would say Edge and Christian are right up there. But now they did have, you know, some time yeah, off because of injury. Right, right, um, right. But, right. you know, those, those guys out there doing their thing in, in uh, AEW. Because what, but, is Christian's 49? I think Christian's 49. Yeah, they're all about the same age. Okay. Yeah, they're all about 49, 50. They're all around the same age. They're up there. Um. But yeah, for for me, for Ray, I mean, I would see him, you know, go out on the high note, go out on his terms. That's uh, that's awesome. Um, but I can't tell you there's a specific matchup um, I want to see from him because he's done it all. And I don't think there's much left for him to do. I mean, he's got his son over. Uh, I'd love to see them maybe at, I mean, you know, Dom is, is riding high right now, probably the Judgment Day. But I would love to see them, you know, reconcile on television. Yep. Maybe that's what I want to see. That's number one for me, is to have a finale to him and Dom. And mm-hmm. then the other one is to actually have a legit, like, retirement tour. Where, like, it's known that he's only got a year left. 
So every appearance that he has is like, we know this is the last time we're going to see him in said market, right? This is the last time you're going to see him in Chicago, in Detroit, in LA. And then they kind of just, the whole show, of course, not just specifically around that, but we know that, oh, he's feuding with, oh, Orton's back. He's feuding with Orton. This is going to be Ray Mysterio's and Randy Orton's last match. I, I would love to actually see a true legit retirement tour the way we get in football and the way we get in basketball when we know like this is their final season and they get the stand ovation everywhere they go. I, I would love to see that for him. You mentioned that and now that the last several years that I've gotten into other um, wrestling federations, I've seen that in other wrestling federations, their retirement, this is their last year. So you see them, they go to the city, just like all you mentioned. I haven't, I don't remember ever seeing that in WWE, but that would be really, really good. We saw that with edge. They did a wonderful salute and farewell to him. I can, I would love to see something that, like this for Ray Ray. Yep. And then, and then, and then that's another attraction, right? Keep him away from all the, all the titles. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to be in a feud for titles. He doesn't need but to. This is a celebration of him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, you can still do some feuds with him, but just kind of like the perfect example would be the Taker Street. Undertaker never had to be in a title match at WrestleMania, but his match was always one of the main mm-hmm. events because the streak was on the line. And you could run that with Ray. Yeah, he's beloved, man. Everybody loves Ray. Hit those markets, you know, like you got it. You got it for him. I would like to see though his final match to be against Dom. Definitely either with him or against him. But I would like to to make it the powers that be make it make sense. Or it doesn't have to make sense. It could just be his, his finals match. And I would like to see him and Dom. Russell. Do him and Dom hair versus mask. He Ray loses. Puts, he puts Dom over on his back and takes his mask off. He hands it to Dom. They hug and I cry. Ari- <laughs> Ariel says, Let's do that. Well, on, on the Ariel show, or was it MMA Live or on, whatever, um, Ray Mysterio mentioned that. He said he would never take his mask off again. Oh, shit. All right. Well, he said, I would like right. to see how Dom look without here. But again, he could be he could be marking us. So maybe maybe that is how it's gonna end. He well, hold on. He 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 worked in WCW without a mask. Exactly, but that's why he said he's not gonna do it again. He said that he's not going to do it. Well, yeah. Too bad you the don't fans control don't your that. Yeah, you don't control your gimmicks, though. man. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What else? Um oh. Yes. We talked about it on the last pod. We were talking about Triple H's theme song, he brought it up and then threw shade at Triple H and said he was a horrible wrestler. We kind of <laughs> by- bypassed that. We just put that to the side for a much later worst. Day conversation. Uh, but we talked about Mont Rushmore theme songs. There's four, there's four faces on the Mount Rushmore, right? I think so. That's in my mind it is, yeah. Okay, so then our top four theme songs of all time. I tried to write them down and I <laughs> I know this is not it. For me, these all these songs are incredible, but top four is really, really, really hard to do. So, E, let's start with you, man. What is your top four theme songs of all the time? So, you know, I did it a little bit different in my mind when I did this. Okay. My number one, I did it based off, like, wrestlers, like, my favorite wrestlers. See, and I was trying not to do that. I get why I you did, did it. I was trying not yeah. to. Yeah, I was trying not to do that. Because those those themes mean more to me because of how much of a fan I am of them. Mm-hmm. So number one is Hulk Hogan and Real American. Like that was my first like wrestling guy. I, kind of okay. Ricky Steamboat because I saw Ricky Steamboat, um, but it was Hulk Hogan. I was mesmerized by the whole and like and that that Real American. It hit. It hits so hard. It, it actually is kind of hits hard, kind of hard now. Too bad the mm-hmm. man um, doesn't. But like that theme was everything for me. So my next favorite theme. Hold a second. Stop right there. Because that's your number one, right? That's my number one. Okay. Rudisha, what's your number one? So like my most favorite? And, and I said last yep. episode, though, we should have did this in two Mount Rushmore's. Mount Rushmore's of like the instrumentation theme songs and actual song songs because I have like seven that's my top and there's only place for four. So can I get like four plus some more? No. <sighs> you can't. Right. Well, my top one. <laughs> no. <laughs> my top one. Although my lists are not my favorite wrestlers, but my top one would be my favorite wrestler and it's the Undertaker Dong. That would be my number one. Both of those didn't make my list, <laughs> and they were like right there. 
And because I made sure to try to do well, who wasn't my favorite wrestler, but like, right. I had, I had real American down there. Took it off. I had Taker. I had to take it off. My number one is NWO. Nice. Yep. New world order was my number one. He was your number it two. hit hard. It did hit hard. My number two. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. That's another one. I got that's the like, look. Sexy boy, HBK. Yep. Like that's, and that's one of the few songs and things I actually know the lyrics to. I don't know the lyrics to any of my favorite songs. <laughs> but I know the lyrics to that one. And like that song just hits. It hit hard back in the 90s. It still hit hard. In 2020. Man, I feel like I want to change my list up like in real time, but I'm not because nope, I'm just gonna go for it because I can't give my seven Mount Rushmore. So my next one, this is a recency bias. It's gonna actually be EL Sky. Her entrance oh, kills one. it. That's like I can one. be in whatever kind that's of mood, and then once one. I hear that, boom! All right, let's go. Let's get this going. Like I'm about to go wrestle. I tried to make sure I didn't put anybody who's like current because of recency bias because mm. like I, I was going to do Roman <laughs> like I was like okay no like as much as I love Romans but that oh, just can't be a top four of all Roman. time right Roman, Roman, Roman. Uh, my number two is Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah I see that yeah, was up there for me yeah that was up there that's for number me. two for me it's a good song and then like I like the glass break mm-hmm. like, right yep. that's, that's the nice thing about songs you have that first thing that kind of really get you into the song mm-hmm. kind of set the mood it really does that. Um, so my number three is definitely recent, recent by like my, it's my favorite wrestler right now, Cody Rhodes. And to be honest, I don't even really mm. like the song mm. that much, but I like it for Cody and it sets the stage for him. And I love that it's a song that has transitioned so much that the crowd knows the song and they sing it along with them and they do the what? Like I love the whole thing around the song. I think it fits him. And if it's where he's at right now, his his game. I love it. Can you believe this? My number three was Rock, but I scratched him off and I put the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, as my number three. Wow. Whoa. Wait a minute. We got to stop. I can show show you my list right now. We got to stop the show, y'all. I had Rock on it. I took his off too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went with Kurt Angle. For my was, he, he was one of my seven. <laughs> yeah, song was just incredible back then. Yeah, yeah. It was like regal. Right, it was the fourth. Like it's, um... it was the fourth. So this, y'all, you, I don't, I don't think Rodriguez is gonna know this one. My fourth song, I always thought it was a banger back when I was a kid. It's a theme from NWA, one of my favorite tag teams of all time, the Midnight Express. Rodriguez, it's a song that mm. FTR kind of took and yeah. remixed. Okay. Got it. Um, I just I have to play it back to you, play it back for you another day. Um, yeah, find I it thought, and send it to us because it was a really good song. I oh. thought that song back in the eighties was so hard. I thought like when I heard that song, I was like, "Oh my god, here comes the Midnight Express, one of my favorite tag teams of all time." Nice. I'm a, I'm gonna check it out too. If you don't send it to me soon enough, I'll check it out. My last one, I don't want to say what it was because I think it's Matt's last one. So, or what I was going to say. But this one, I was trying to look for the actual name of the song before the pod started and Matt started hitting record before I was actually even ready. Thanks a lot, Matt. But it is. No problem. It is Kenny Omega's NJPW Battle Cry. I had that on there. and that Well, that wasn't Battle Cry. Battle Cry is what he has now. Okay, so the other one. Yeah, but it's the the New New Japan Omega version. I had that. I was close to having... Osprey's on there. I was close to having Okada's on there, but then it was like, I mean, Osprey's song was incredible. But I actually think his song is better now. But then that's when I got into e your thing of, hold on a second, these were just my favorite wrestlers at the time. Let me let me pull back. Mm-hmm. And I had to really try to like dial in. We need to do this again and maybe do it by like decades. That's or probably do easier. Maybe instrumentation or like and then do um real songs or even like best interests. Because that would incorporate everything. Yeah. Uh, so you got Kenny. That's an awesome one. I went with Triple H. Time to play the game. <laughs> How this whole conversation started. Because that was like pretty fantastic. Can pretty fantastic. Let me, let me get one more in. One more in. This one. You, you have a, only, uh, what, what is it called? Honorary. A, um, and yeah. I already mentioned. And I don't even know who. I don't even recognize Rhodesia today. I put Cody Rhodes on my list. My fifth one would have been Brock. 
that was another one that was right there. But you know what? I got to tell you guys, when we're talking about like this, and, and this is what I love about the, the show is that we get to, you know, give Rhodesia some history to because she had never heard of, guys, the WWF anthology series. She didn't think, she thought I made up a word. So, so what is that? <laughs> so is, is it like a video, a video collection? No, this came out in 2002. It was a series of CDs with all the themes and they did different eras. Oh, I've heard of, I've, I've heard the music before. But um, they had the Fed, man, look, the Federation years, mm-hmm. the themes they were coming up with back in the day. Like, cause when we talk about music, a lot of it's really good. Cause like, actually I had like Swerve on my list too. I think his, I like, I think his song really works for him and his character. It's a banger and it really works for him. Much like those Federation songs, like back in the day, like, like Jimmy Hart and Jim uh, Johnston. Yeah. Man, yeah. they really captured the essence of a lot of those characters back in the day. The Million Dollar Man theme song. Come I on remember now. talking about Jimmy Johnson. I remember we watched a Million Dollar um, Man was was five for me. We watched that oh, was wow. number if, I, if we were able to do on five, it would have been the Million wow. Dollar Man's theme. But um, Jimmy Johnson, I had the pleasure of watching some documentary on it. This is before docu series or documentaries was like huge, like as it is today. And to the point of what you just said, Ishan, about how he would think of the person and make that song specifically mm-hmm. for the, for them, for that mm-hmm. artist. And I just remember yeah. I got goosebumps. I'm getting a little bit of goosies now thinking about when he made the undertaker dong. Like to me, like th- that is like so amazing. I love the the next group of composers for the WWE. After CFO. That. CFO. I love them too. That was CFO's a new good. upper, good. new up, upbeat up tempo. I can get those words out. But yeah, no, Jim Johnson, I think we even had a CD. It wasn't called the Anthrology or whatever you called it, but I remember having a CD of his. And that's the thing too, like back like as you hit the, the nails that they used to make this music for that character. Like a lot of times, I think nowadays, like they come up with like a song and they just give it to people. Like it's like, it's like hey, I got this song. Yeah. I, I think like it'll it? work for you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, right. And like, you know, uh, okay, whatever. Right. Like back in the day, they, he literally sat there and said, who's this guy? Tell me about him. And he actually would kind of formulate a song based on that character. And that's why I felt like the songs hit differently. Cause it really fit those characters, especially in that time frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about Yokozuna. Think oh, about man, Gold Dust. Think about mm-hmm. Psycho Sid. I the mean, Austin Warrior. So- ultimate warrior there's just so many of them that is just so iconic and part of it is because of the character too like right. when you hear those songs you kind of think about either the first time you saw a live or a particular match or something that you know we kind of think about just from the wrestler but just the music itself was was good but we got hey, we have some really good mu- music now though it's not like it's nowhere near in my opinion those type of this is an old man now screaming at the clouds it ain't like what it used to be just no, like, it's right, not catered real, yeah but it's well, but there's still some really really good things now Hey, real quick, Matt, before we switch off to switch topics. So, like the Ultimate Warriors theme song, the name of it, the name of it was Unstable, and that kind of fits for his character. Mm-hmm. Like this dude in face paint running down to the ring. You like dudes yep. weren't running to the ring back then, right? Shaking the ropes. Dude, the dude looks unstable. The name of the, that song was written specifically for him and that character. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Razor Ramon, Bret Hart. I mean, just demolition. I mean, just think about those are all iconic entrance music. And now we got Rebel Heart. That ain't even an original. Come on, man. Come on, mm. Triple H. You've done a lot of good things. It's a miscarriage of justice, what you did to that man, Johnny Gargano. He's not going to win another match if you give him that, that man that music back. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Such a bad situation. <laughs> uh, I talked about it kind of really quick. I know I don't know how many of our listeners watch Impact on a weekly basis. If you do watch, let us know. Uh, but um, we're going, Rhodesia and I, to Bound for Glory. This weekend is in Chicago. Uh, I'm not going to run down the card just because we don't watch Impact. It's not on YouTube TV, so I would have mm-hmm. to go and find another way to watch it on a weekly basis. But two of the matches that I'm like ecstatic for is Trinity versus Mickey James. I think that's a legit dream match that we're going to get for the Impact Knockouts title. And then, yep. of course, Will Ospreay versus uh, Mike Bailey. Or not, yeah. Um, those two matches for me is worth the price of admission alone. But we got Alex Shaley versus Josh Alexander on top for the title. Uh Rascals versus ABC, which is gonna be a really good tag match. So really every single match on this card, which I think 
there's only seven announced, if I'm not mistaken. Seven. And then they're doing like, then they're doing like their, you know, night after Mania show the next day, still here in Chicago. So we get to see that also. But Rhodesia, what off that card is kind of tickling your fancy. I'm actually excited for the whole card because I actually know everybody on here, which is pretty impressive for me. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. I'm Champa. Okay. Um, but you t- you stole it. Trinity, Mickey James, and Will Ospreay and Speedball, Mike Bailey. Those two, especially maybe Will Spray, Will Ospreay and Mike Bailey might be have the edge because I already know how the two of them work. It's my style of wrestling, and I know they're gonna go. And they they're intense. Both of them are super intense. Oh my gosh, I, that one right there probably is gonna give me goosies, especially if they can just meet it to my slightest of expectations. So this card is this. I'm really excited for the whole card. E, how bad does AEW have to? get for you to where you like you know what i probably need to try to watch impact more than i was because AEW's not giving me what i want from them anymore oh man that'd be hard because you know i i try to watch impact quite regularly i, I try i turn it on at least maybe once a month and it just doesn't get me it's it's the production uh, there was one time I watched I watched a majority of the episode and like Scott Demore was on there like the, okay. he was the authority figure mm-hmm. and he was like in every almost every other segment and like this just like this guy isn't that charismatic for me to see him so much I just couldn't do it it was a lot I just couldn't do it and I think that Impact is just that far down the totem pole as far as for, uh, creativity like the look and feel of the show um, hey no no slight to uh, Alex Shelley. You know, he's from Michigan. He was actually at the bowling alley one day. I didn't say anything to him. He was doing this thing. He's bowling. Was and you and I together? I think we were together. We were together. I mean, him. I, I told Radisha that story, actually, when we were watching him work uh, just a couple months ago. And I was we were like, like in yeah, Westland or something like that? Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere like, like some that. Place. I, I can't he's... remember who I was with. And I was telling her about that. Yeah, yeah. Alex Shelley was there, right? So, shout out to him. But, I mean, AEW have to... They have to really be bad. <laughs> so, so, so they're nowhere close to that for you right now. No, I mean, like you know, we talk about this another time. I just really feel that there's so much wrestling on TV right now, to where, it's as you mentioned about you know cleaning the pat the palette. Like I have so much wrestling to watch that I'm constantly comparing AEW to WWE, to where sometimes like some of the things that they may. You know, it's kind of nitpick. Maybe, like, if I didn't see wrestling all week and I watched that show, but like, oh, snap, this is a home run. Like, right? They do a lot of things well. There are some things I don't like, but for the most part, AEW does a great job. I think they need to continue to be um, an alternative to WWE. But, no, I'm, I'm on a good path with uh, AEW. And I think the scheduled show we have in Dynamite tonight is kind of probably perfect for what I want from them. Two, they have two matches announced. They have two talking segments announced. Well, three if you include Sting. The other two are going to be character building segments. One is with Tony Storm. The other is with Nick Wayne and his mom sitting down with JR. That's what I want. Like, give me give me that. Give me some character building. Give me some incredible matches that we know we can get from you guys with your eyes closed. And give me, like, give me that stuff to make me want to just continue to watch because of the wrestlers and not the wrestling mm. and i think they'll be on a, a great path mm. going forward all right Rhodesia. well one thing i want to say this smackdown so this friday we're going to see logan paul and ray mysterio we know we have roman yep. coming back so those numbers again if people are crazy about numbers and viewership that should bring in a lot of eyeballs because i think even matthew told us told me what they hit over two million on smackdown 2.4. Yep, two point. And then I think don't forget too, we're getting the one-on-one match with Charlotte and EO. I did forget about that. I'm just looking at the like the needle mover as far as bringing eyes to the product. No chance, right? No chance. No chance, right? No chance. E, no chance, right? Might be a chance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh man. <laughs> That one, I, I would be 
yeah, we were coming here on Sunday, and I, yeah, I'll have to probably blow a mini gasket. So that'd be. I ain't even gonna be our go-to. I ain't gonna, yeah, like that. Just no chance. We'll, we'll just, just no chance. And with that, it's time to go. This is a wrap. There, I've already plugged the the Twitters and the Instagrams, Rhodesia, and the YouTubes. We've already talked about everything there is to talk about. Can we end this show on a regular way this time? See you guys on Sunday.